It's a dark, cold night, and the air is quite crisp. Not a thing is stirring, no sound, not a wisp. Our adventure begins, as most often do, three dozing friends and a night to get through, wrapped in warm blankets to hold off the chill while a heater in the corner puckers up the will to keep the heat going, keep its charges warm at the end of their hallway in their cold, dark dorm. Out in the cold, away from the warmth, under a gas lamp, a figure comes forth. They step into focus as they reach the light source and stand there a moment, planning out their course of action. Much action will be needed this night. There's much to do, much to set right. They look to the garrison, all covered in snow, and imagined a room where the wind did not blow, where three companions slept in their beds, asleep without worry, resting their heads. The figure did stand there for just a moment longer, then their image glowed, the light became stronger, and faded away in sparkles of light up to the heavens, up into the night. In a dorm, at the end of a cold, dark hallway, a heater blew out. No light did it convey. And slowly, a creak as the furnace door opened, and down from the chimney, a light did motion. It glowed in the stove and moved further still, out into the dorm with cautious living will. It lifted out and settled at a chair, at a table by the door, brightened by the flare. It glowed for a moment, then faded completely, as a figure took shape in the chair quite discreetly, watching as our friends stirred in their sleep, and the cold that moved its long creep up through the blankets, and our heroes did wake to a cold, dark room long before daybreak. So, the three of you are asleep in your dorms at the garrison. You wake from your sleep feeling cold. As it is winter, it's not uncommon for one of you to stir in the night so as to stoke the fire for the rest of you. Could I have the three of you roll a perception check? Yes. Let's do that. That would be an eight for Mordecai. Oh, got it. Well, I rolled a seven for that, too, so. <laughs> okay, so Mordecai rolled an eight, and the rest of you rolled sevens. You guys are the most perceptive group of players I know. Sounds like we're all still sleeping. I was fast asleep. Fast asleep. It is worse than your passive perception, though, and I think that's very amusing. Mordecai, you wake up. You get down from your dorm bunk and begin to move over to the furnace when you notice that the door to the heater is open. You wake up sluggish, and it takes a moment for your senses to rouse themselves. Standing in the cold, they quickly do, and you begin to notice a faint smell of cinnamon and, weirdly, hot chocolate. Looking around the room, you notice that the little coffee table that the three of you share is occupied by a large, dark figure, lit only by what appears to be a large cigar. Their face lights up as they breathe in, and you notice that it's an older man with a great white bushy beard. His cheeks are rosy red. This you can make out even in the dark glow of the cigar. Um, ho, 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 ho. Good morning, Mordecai. I hope you slept well. Uh, Mordecai just like rubs his eyes. It's, like, it's, it's too early for this. Uh, who are you? Mordecai. 
I suppose I haven't seen you for a very, very long time, but you know me. I'm Santa Claus. Oh, no, really. Who who are you? Because, like, I'm not a child. Santa ain't real. No, I dare say you are not a child. Uh, uh, Okay. Uh, What do you want? Uh, Perhaps you should wake your friends. We have a lot to discuss tonight. Uh, Okay. So Mordecai's going to, like, walk backwards really, really slow. Whose bunk would be closest? I think it would be Giovanni. Maybe Giovanni has the bunk above yours because you guys have had a few exchanges and then Val is on the other side of the dorm in his own bunk on the bottom. I'm not even looking. I'm just going to reach my hand up and like try and jostle his leg. Oh, that that's a dangerous game. You know, I sleep naked, right? <laughs> Gio, wake up. Can I say that I've stirred a little bit at this point? And I'm like, Joel, shut up. It's always Joel. Yes, yes. What? What? What is it? There's a weird man in here. Good lord, a vast table talk. Is it safe to assume Santa Claus in the D and D universe is also a fat elf? <laughs> <laughs> uh, as best you can tell, the man that's sitting at the table appears like how we envision Santa Claus to be. He's a great big man, and he has a long, white, bushy beard, and he is wearing his red and white jacket, and he's just sitting at the table. He has a bit of a smirk on his face as he puffs from his cigar, and the smell of cinnamon kind of wafts through the air as he does that. Good lord, intruder! We must summon the other guards! I think we can handle this ourselves. It's just one fat man, Gio. Sorry, I feel quite vulnerable in my naked, sleepy state. Just wake up and put something on. I'm gonna get Val. I'll walk over and I'll try and make sure that Val's up and awake. I'm just going to pull my sword on Santa Claus here. I don't trust him for a second. What would Santa be doing messing around in, in Randlin in the guard barracks? I don't trust him for a second. <laughs> oh, be careful with that, boy. You might put an eye out with it. Yes, yes. Just a precaution. Good, sir. A few things in order of operations. Are you dressed? <laughs> and also, two, uh, are you holding a sword naked at Santa Claus? And three, how far away are you from Santa Claus with your sword pointing at him butt naked? I think you already knew the answers to all those questions before you asked them. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to assume that you're close to Santa Claus naked holding a sword at him. Santa Claus reaches out with his cigar and just kind of taps your sword and your sword turns into a giant candy cane. No, what foul <laughs> is this? <laughs> I have a bit of a sweet tooth. I'm sorry about that, Giovanni. How did you know candy canes are my favorite sweet? <laughs> of course I know. I'm Santa Claus. All right. Now, Giovanni, I would uh, appreciate perhaps if you could throw some clothes on. We have some business to discuss this evening. Pull up a chair, why don't you boys? And you can see that there are three chairs that are sitting in front of him at this little coffee table. And as you notice it, the three chairs pull back on their own. And there's kind of a light that seems to glow from just above you, above the coffee table, showing you everything that's on it. And on the coffee table are three mugs of hot cocoa. And you can see the vapors kind of rising off of them. Have a seat, boys. That sucks. I'm gonna walk up, but I'm not gonna sit down on his terms. I'm gonna I'm gonna spin the chair around like a cool kid. <laughs> Mordecai, always something to prove. Honestly, I'm just really happy with my big candy cane. <laughs> uh, the candy cane uh, sword uh, doesn't actually change back to a sword. It's a candy cane now. 
but it does have all the same powers as a normal sword because I'm not redoing all of that math. Instead of slashing damage, it's just bludgeoning now. Sweetening damage. Uh, maybe it does slashing damage still. I like to imagine it retains the same shape as a sword, but it's now just a candy cane. You just got to lick it a lot. Yeah, like I'm going to be licking at it periodically. <laughs> yeah. I say we do what the big jolly man says. Oh, Giovanni, you're always such a good boy. Mm. Here, have a seat. I've got a job for you boys. A job of the utmost importance. This is a job that requires a subtle or a mischievous hand. A job for those on the naughty list. Okay, you had me at mischievous. What do you want? <laughs> Surely you've approached the wrong people if you assume we are on shush, the shush, naughty shush, list. Shush, shush. Geo, Geo. Maybe he's going to pay us real well. And you can turn into other Come on. I have been called many things by many people, but naughty is... Not something I would accept. Oh, I dare say you've done a few naughty things in your day, Giovanni. Let's not open that can. What do you want, fat man? <laughs> <laughs> a few nights ago, a prototype toy went missing from my workshop. If this had been any other toy, I would not have paid it much heed. But this was a special toy. A very special toy indeed. An experimental toy I had been working on for next year. I dare not speak of it too much. If its secrets were revealed, then the world itself might be in jeopardy from the sheer power of the toy. All I can tell you is that you'll recognize it when you see or hear it. Part of why I need you to help me get it back. Unfortunately, not even I can determine who has taken the toy, but rumor has led me to a local storefront here in Renlit. Early this morning, in the heat of the Fort Day Rush, Feral Born Trading will be displaying the prototype along with a line of other products. Regrettably, the nature of Santa Claus prevents me from doing anything naughty, which is why I've come to you. I need you to beat the crowds to the prototype and steal it back for me. Okay, what do we get out of it, though? We play with the toy? Oh, perhaps I might be able to let you play with it just a tad. Mordecai, it's the spirit of giving, and I need you to give. Um, you know me, I'm in the spirit of taking. I know you too well. Let's just say you will be rewarded very handsomely for helping me out with this little job. What do you guys think? I, I am all in. This sounds like a no, no quest. All due respect, Santa, I don't know if we want to be paid in cocoa. <laughs> ah, the cocoa was just a starter. Believe me, you'll be paid very handsomely at the end of all this. All right. For my name's not Saint Nicholas. Ho, 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 ho. Uh, Mr. Nicholas, I must proclaim before we do this quest, if the reward happens to be the spirit of Christmas or the true gift is friendship or one of those bullshit rewards, I will be quite cross with you. Oh, Giovanni, no need for all that. So, boys, are you in? I don't think we got anything better to do. Yeah, not the moment i guess we don't have any assignments i think our house arrest is up so mm. well i'm glad to see that you're definitely the guys i was looking for for this job if you're on house arrest one moment mr saint nick before we proceed other than your fun little candy cane trick and your pilot trick with the chairs how would we have any way of knowing you're the real santa claus and not a conjurer of cheap tricks <laughs> santa claus sits there at the table just kind of looking at you giovanni and your eyes meet and then he stands up and walks over to you and whispers in your ear. And then he takes his seat back at the table. <gasps> Truly, you are the true Saint Nick. We will do what you request of us. 
I'm glad to hear that, boys. Now, let's be off to Feralborn Trading Co. And with that, Santa Claus stands up and you make your way to the door. And the screen fades to black and it fades back in as you are walking down the streets. Feralborn Trading is a large building near the north gate to Renlin. It towers before you covered in snow, but trenches dug so that patrons can enter the store. In great big letters above large glass double doors reads Feralborn Trading. Along its walls are great glass windows looking into the store where light streams out into the night. Approaching the building, you see crowds of people jostling to get a better view of the entrance, and above them all, on a wooden platform, is a man speaking to them from what appears to be a toy microphone. Some of the crowd starts pushing you back and yelling at you as you make your way to the front. Beside you, a man in a blue uniform yells back at the crowd, saying, Hey, give those men a break! They're clearly three fathers in some kind of undefined relationship trying to get a toy for their son! Get in here, boys. Cuts. Last minute shopping, huh? Oh, nice. You could, you could see that. Looking for something, uh, special. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Enough to drive a man insane. Chris Cabarrus, nice to meet you. Uh, table talk. Can I, can I imagine that this character is played by Sinbad, like in the movie Jingle All the Way? <laughs> That's exactly what I was picturing. Yes! <laughs> nice to meet you. You too. I'll put my hand out. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Chris shakes each of your hands. I had to shop late because it's the busiest time of the year for me. All these people with important Fortnite letters that people send to people they don't even talk to but for once a year. Then there are those stupid letters from kids to Santa at the North Pole. Dear Santa, could you send me a bike, a slinkly, and a turbo jewel? No, your father's been laid off. And as if I didn't have enough pressure in my life, my son sends me over some goofy butt toy, some robot named Turbo Joel. The man grows more irate as he starts yelling about corporate entities and an awful relationship he shares with his ex. The crowd begins to get upset at him, and they start pushing him back as he screams, Turbo Joel! Give me a Turbo Joel! As the crowd draws closer to you, you begin to make out words from the man standing at the front of the crowd, standing on a platform. To answer your first question, yes, the rumors are true. We have received a single prototype of next Fort Day's action figure known as Turbo Joel. The crowd starts cheering. I'm not going to ask you people to be quiet again. Do you hear me? Now, here's how things are going to work. You will form an orderly line so that an employee can hand you a numbered ball. These balls will then be drawn in a standard lottery fashion to see who gets the doll. If you're not one of the lucky few, we have plenty of Turbo Joel's faithful sidekicks, Mordegai, Giovanni, and Valerina in stock. <laughs> The crowd begins to grow louder, jostling among each other to get better positions by the employees with the lottery balls. You can hear booing among the crowd as the man with the microphone mentions the line of Turbo Joel's sidekicks. I don't know about you guys, but I want to get my hands on a Valerina doll. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I want to roll a perception check because I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, Giovanni's pretty dumb, but I'm starting to suspect that this is a fever dream. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, John, if you want to roll a perception to pierce the veil of reality, you go right ahead. I rolled a 14. Yeah, as best you can tell, this is a real thing that's happening. You are living life to the fullest right now. Well, I gotta get me one of those Johnny dolls. <laughs> what a cool looking fella. Over to your left, you see Chris, who has somehow made his way back into the crowd, shouting, We don't want it! We don't want it! The crowd begins to grow more angry. The man with the microphone continues. 
And by the way, according to the laws of supply and demand, the new list price on the figure just doubled. The crowd in front of the doors starts pushing each other as each person tries to get closer to the employees holding the lottery balls. Employees start tossing out the balls at customers out of frustration when suddenly one of them falls and spills their bucket. Chaos ensues as people begin grabbing and pushing each other in an attempt to get their hands on a ball. The manager is tackled to the ground and the doors to Feralborn Trading burst open as the crowd rushes in. How many people are, are pouring in? Roll a perception check. Uh, Mordecai rolled a 15. Okay, so the best you can tell is that there seems to be almost hundreds of people outside in front of this building right now. There was nobody oh. in the building, as best you could tell, when you approached. Like, there were lights coming out from the windows, and the doors seemed closed, and there were, like, a few employees standing out front. But now that chaos has kind of erupted, the doors have been blown open, and there are, like, hundreds of people kind of pushing towards these doors. Are we already inside, you said, or...? No, you're still outside, you're in the crowd, and you have just observed the man on the platform get tackled, and the employees kind of run away. I want to try something. Sure. I would like to cast sleep on as many people in front of me as I can. Sure. So go ahead and do that then. I'm going to cast this at second level, so it's a little bit more, it's got some more oomph. I've got to roll 78s, and that'll tell me how many people have passed out. Sure. 24. Ooh. Okay, so that actually tells you how many hit points of characters have passed out. Yeah. You cast sleep, and there's like this faint mist that kind of flows out from your hands and off of your tattoos. And uh, six people that are like immediately in front of you in the jostling line just kind of slump and hit the ground. People are now pushing over top of them and trampling them as they rush towards the store. I'm going to look over at the other two guys. Come on, this is our opening. Let's go. The charge. I was going to wait to see who the ringleader, who comes out with the Turbo Joe doll, and I was going to compel him to a duel. You can still do that, but I mean, what if we still get it first? Okay. Divide and conquer, for sure. Start looking for balls. I never thought I'd say that. I like it. Can I try to... Uh, I have command, but that only works for... Uh, Single target, right? Yeah. But I'm wondering if I could roll like an intimidation or something like that to try to like disperse the crowd or like i don't know make a big distraction and maybe val can sneak in there whatever you want to play around with all right i'm gonna roll an intimidation here on the crowd sure go right ahead i rolled a 16 giovanni gets up on a soapbox that's magically appeared in front of him it says hark this is not the spirit of christmas look at ye all of you here celebrating this capitalist excess of greed christmas is a time for celebrating family and spending time with the ones you love it's not the time to beat your neighbors over a pretty lame toy that nobody even wants go home go home to your families and remember the true meaning of christmas a couple people are kind of taken aback by this weird box that showed up out of nowhere and Giovanni, who's now standing on it. I'd say about three people close to you see you stand up on the box and give this very compelling but also intimidating speech in some ways. They kind of look chagrined and push their way out of the crowd, but people are still kind of pushing their way through. And there's like a few people that are around you who are yelling back at you like, well, why the hell are you here? We're all here for the Turbo Joel. I'm a servant of a higher power. I'm here to make sure the spirit of Christmas lives on in the townsfolk of Redland. Now, Giovanni, are you telling the truth here? 
Honestly, right now, yeah, because I'm a, I'm a servant for Santa Claus right now, and he wants us to get this toy. So that's kind of like a holy mission for the greater good, isn't it? A hundred percent. You're trying to retain order. I get that. There may be six people being trampled right now. So yeah, there are six people getting trampled, but three people have kind of walked away. <laughs> And there's like a few angry people that are pushing past you. In fact, a few of them kind of push you real hard. I need you to make a strength check. Oh, you rolled a 21. Okay. All right. Well, the crowd is not able to move Giovanni. He is a beacon of solitude in this otherwise chaotic mess as people try to push you out of the way, but end up just kind of pushing themselves around you instead. But the crowd is still moving towards the doors as the store begins to fill up with people. Can I do a uh, perception, I guess, or like an investigation to try and find what I think is the right lottery ball? Uh, You can. There are a few balls that have kind of fell into the street, but it seems like a lot of them kind of exploded over the heads of the employees and have gone into the store. But you're welcome to roll an investigation check out here in the street if you would like. Yeah, let's do that. Why not? 16. Okay, so you're out in the street and there are a few balls that have kind of fallen on the ground as people are rushing towards the entrance. And you see like a lady pick up like what looks like a golden ball and she holds it in her hand and then a guy immediately punches her in the face and then (laughs) takes the golden ball from her hand and then a bunch of other people all kind of jump on him. The ball is never seen again. Oh man, I really wanted to compel that guy who punched the old lady in the face to a duel. Yeah, that would have been sweet. But the mob rules in this situation. Street justice. How many people are stacked up on top of that ball? Like six or seven or 12? Or... Can we get some numbers for this mob? I'm having a really hard time grasping like what to do here because I don't understand how crazy this mob is for Turbo Joel. A couple, couple hundred, man. A couple hundred people. A couple hundred? <laughs> That's what you said. Yeah, I said a couple hundred people are outside of this building, kind of pushing their way inside. I convinced three to leave? Yeah, two to three hundred people are out there. You're in the middle of this crowd right now. There are a bunch of people who kind of came up behind you as the crowd kind of mobs and pushes you in towards the store. Okay. You know Um, what? I want to detect good or evil. Sure. I I sense some Christmas villainy afoot here. (laughs) Christmas villainy. Okay, so you cast it. Again, uh, Giovanni, you've done this multiple times throughout this campaign even, and you're quite familiar with the process of being able to use divine sense to look for traces of good and evil. And you don't sense anything of like a catastrophic kind of godlike evil, but you do sense traces of capitalist evil. Of course. Which is kind of like a gray area of evil. It's more of a philosophical approach to understanding good and evil. It is not necessarily like these are villains. They are just capitalists, which according to a lot of people is evil. So I basically learned nothing from that. Like I'm not, there's there's no one like glowing Christmas evil red. You know, like <laughs> Christmas villain evil is like a special kind of evil. You look over and you see Chris, the mailman, kind of getting pushed around as he jostles towards the front of the store. And he looks back at you and his eyes are glowing red. All right. <laughs> no, of course that's not happening. Nobody's evil here. It's just a mob. It's no more evil than the usual mob. <laughs> okay, I, I just thought like there was maybe someone kind of orchestrating the chaos, kind of like the people who p- promote these Black Friday sales to try to get people to trample people because it's just free publicity. No, the only evil you can sense here is humanity. Oh God, that's bleak. All right, so I'm out of <laughs> ideas here, guys. All right, let's make our way inside. Sounds good. 
I've been trying to just surge with the people this whole time. Am I getting any closer to the door? Yes. So the three of you are kind of getting pushed along with the mob as it moves its mass towards the front entrance of the building. But as you enter the store, you kind of start to lose track of each other. You each kind of get lost amongst the mob as it continues to surge forward. And so you quickly get separated as you enter Feralborn Trading Company. And it is a huge, huge warehouse with just like aisles and aisles of toys and different things. And there are people just pushing amongst each other and trying to reach like the back of the building. And there are people just pulling stuff off shelves. And it's absolute chaos in this room. I can see why as well. There are so many fine products and things that I would like to use. Shameless plug. So Giovanni finds himself in an aisle with remote control wooden toys. There's a boy sitting on the ground near you, playing with an open remote-controlled wagon. Before you, glowing in your eyes like a holy chalice, is a yellow ball with a large letter T on it. Hello, everyone, and Merry Christmas! I hope that you guys are enjoying the little holiday special we put together. I spent a lot of time in this episode, and I'm very excited with how this turned out. I'm not going to take up too much of your time with announcements this week, you know, in the spirit of giving. However, I would like to say that Brendan wrote the music for the beginning of this episode, and John wrote the end. They are both fantastic, and I am constantly impressed with the stuff that these guys send me. Thank you so much, John and Brendan. Happy holidays, and I wish you all the best. I should also do a shout out for Feralborn Trading Company. They are a real creator of homebrew D&D 5 stuff, and they post a lot of stuff to their Instagram account, and we draw a lot of inspiration from their stuff, and I thought it would be really special if we could try and include them in this episode. So thank you to you guys for what you do, and I hope that you're enjoying how I've included you guys in our campaign. Additionally, we have our first Patreon announcement, and I thought there was no better time than now to make it. First... Thank you to Al, who alone has reached the level of Paladin Patron. That means he can make a one-time request of us for an in-game announcement. Al has instructed me to give a shout-out to the House of Hassenpfeffer, located in downtown Kerbanog. They're now open for takeout, and their Hassenpfeffer is to die for. I also have it under good authority that this is not a real place, and that Al has used this message as an opportunity to reference the Shish Kebabs episode from Looney Tunes. Additionally, Kerbanog is a reference to the Rabbit of Kerbanog, the killer rabbit from Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail. I'm pretty sure that Al made this request not only to show his abundant pop culture knowledge, but also to fluster me with the sheer difficulty of the names that are used. One last message from Al, he asked me to wish everyone health and happiness and to hoist an ale to share some warmth and laughter this holiday season. Thank you, Al. We wish you and all of our listeners a very Merry Christmas and hope that you're all safe. One last thing, this holiday special is a two-parter. Part one was released today, but part two will be coming out on Friday, December 25th, Christmas Day. I hope that you're as excited as I am. Now... Back to the action. What do you do, Giovanni? I will absolutely roll in athletics to just push this little kid out of the way to grab this ball for the greater good, of course. Okay, so uh, roll an athletics check. Oh, God. I rolled an eight. 
So you go to push the boy out of the way and the boy ends up just like pushing you back. The boy doesn't move. He doesn't shove you with his arms, but you just inadvertently push yourself back. And as that's going on, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, God. That's an 11. Okay, so as you're jostling with this boy, all of a sudden, there's a shove that comes from behind you, and it pushes you right on top of the boy, and you fall over him. And as you do, you look up to see a man wearing a blue delivery uniform come up behind you and pass you as he pushes you over. He stops and laughs at you and then grabs the ball before running off. Chris is down the hallway. Can I still see this guy? Yeah, so you're on the ground, so you're prone right now, but you can see Chris running off with what appears to be this golden ball with a T on it. I would like to compel him to duel. <laughs> yes! Okay, so you attempt to compel a creature into a duel. One creature that you can see within range must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, the creature is drawn to you, compelled by your divine demand. So I have to make a will saving throw? You bet. Now, you guys are not going to believe this, but I didn't actually make a character sheet for Chris. So I'm going to do that really quickly now. <laughs> he rolled a 10! <laughs> Sucker! <laughs> for the duration, it has disadvantage on attack rolls against creatures other than you and must make a wisdom saving throw each time it attempts to move to a space that is more than 30 feet away from you. If it succeeds on the saving throw, the spell doesn't restrict the target's movement for that turn. So Chris is compelled to duel you. He turns back. He's almost 30 feet away from you at this point. And he looks back at you and like he has this like very machismo kind of feel about him and he's going to run straight at you. And then he turns and attempts to run away from you. God, bollocks. So he has to make another wisdom saving throw to try and leave 30 feet from you. So that's 21. Uh, so he succeeds oh, and turns around on. and runs away down the aisle. I don't even get an opportunity attack for him failing. I'll let you do one attack, but he is now maybe 50 feet away from you. I'm going to go after him with the sling. Are you going to cut this guy down in a department store? Like, is that, is that what's going to happen here? I think he's too far away for me to get a, a long sword in there, but I, I, can, I can attempt to hit him with the sling, right, Josh? Yeah, you can try <laughs> to hit him with the sling, or there are other things that you could try to hit him with. What? I don't want a backseat game for you, but in Jingle All the Way, when Arnold Schwarzenegger got pushed to the ground by Sinbad, he uh, stole the remote controller from the kid who he fell in front of and used it to try and trip him. Throw the kid at him. Or you could just hit him with a sling. Okay, what if I took the remote controller, loaded it in the sling? Could I roll an advantage for it? <laughs> so what's good is that going to do? I'm not going to give you advantage. I am going to give you a point of inspiration, though, if you do that. So I want to specifically aim for his kneecap with the sling. Yeah, so he's down the aisle. You have fallen onto a child. What are you doing? I'm going to do that sweet, like, lunge up, like, squat to jump to stand up because I've got pretty high athletics and I could totally pull that off. And then I'm going to just load a sling up real quick and just aim for this guy's kneecap with all of my divine might. Are you using the remote or are you just using a sling? I'm just going to use the sling. I don't think I have time to grab the remote from the crying child at this point. Okay, yeah, the child is crying. <laughs> Roll a ranged attack on Chris. He is 50 feet down the aisle from you. Ooh, does 14 hit? 14 does hit. So you hit him square in the thigh. <laughs> and Chris takes three points of damage. So he's limping now. Nice. But he's still making his way towards the end of the aisle. 
was out on the range, Geo, they paid off. Do any of my companions see what's going on at this point, or are they all kind of in their own little jingle all the way style situation? <laughs> Everyone is in their own jingle all the way style situation. I want to chase after this man now. You come up from your sling lunge and you race down to the end of the aisle, chasing after Chris Sinbad. Now let's move over to Val. Val, you've entered the store and you see people just kind of jostling all around you. You've lost track of Giovanni and Mordecai. You don't know where they are. What do you do? Is there anything marked in the store? Like where this Turbo Joel may be? Can I roll perception? Yes. I rolled a 12. Uh, all right, so you rolled a 12. You can't really see any large displays. There are a lot of posters all over the place that just say Turbo Joel on them, but there's no kind of like arrows pointing towards it from where you are. Okay. <laughs> uh, in fact, a lot of your vision seems to be kind of blocked by aisles, but people are still kind of moving in and pushing their way past the aisles and seem to be moving towards something. But from where you are on the ground, you can't quite see them. What? Hey, here's an idea. This is just a madhouse at this point. Uh, we have people slinging each other in the aisles and stuff. Can I scale the aisle and get on top of it? Yes, you can. Yeah, they kind of get a vantage and then maybe like run along the top to like a, like Assassin's Creed or something. Like <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what I want you to do. And that's exactly what I hoped you would do. I need you to roll an acrobatic check. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I rolled a six. So you rush over to one of the aisles that's nearest the door and you start climbing it and people are kind of pushing up behind you and you're kind of climbing up over this aisle and you almost get up to the top and then your hand slips as you grab onto a book and it just completely falls free and you start to fall backwards. I'll give you one chance to do something else. Just table talk real quick. Okay, the, the dream sequence the other day, that was obviously a dream with the dog and things. I can't turn into the dog from my dream, no? As a druid, you have certain things that you can do. Uh, I'm not sure, have you chosen a bestial form yet as a druid? And is it a dog? No, I just try to think of what I may be able to turn to, what I may have come in contact with, right? Or that I might be able to try and slip through the crowd a little easier, faster. I mean, obviously not get trampled on. So I've seen rats in the sewer, but I don't want to get trounced on either, right? So Yeah, uh, so starting at second level, you can use your action to magically assume the shape of a beast that you have seen before. It'd be safe to say that I've seen all manners of like smaller woodland critters uh, and probably some dogs and such in, inside of Renlin though. Yes, uh, so you could turn yourself into a dog or a wolf or or whatever you feel like you've seen before okay i'm gonna say you can't turn yourself into the dog from your dream though okay not, not that specific one okay if i could turn myself into a dog yeah I, I would do that then so describe to me the scene and describe to me what you turn yourself into okay so initially trying to scale the aisle obviously to get get a bit of a, a better purchase on on where i am and, and where i'm going a book gives away i'm falling and as i'm falling i like anamorph <laughs> into a great, fluffy, friendly retriever. I must have seen outside of a tavern somewhere in Renlin. So Val turns himself into kind of like a scruffy street dog as he hits the ground. And you're now much smaller than everybody else who's rushing around you. You feel like if you wanted to, you could probably move between their legs with little to no resistance as you are smaller. But you have to be careful because there are people that it's kind of a chaotic scene. You could get pushed or jostled if you're not smart. Sure. I do totally want to try and slip by people. Uh, maybe if I can just try and skirt along the edge of the aisle or can I roll maybe even uh, like a dexterity roll just to see if I can't just squeeze ahead of all the people in the aisle like take the lead yeah make a dexterity check and I'll give you advantage on that based off of your form I got a 19 at well, one a 14 but I'm taking the 19 fantastic so moving nimbly like a street dog 
you sift through the legs that are all rushing around these aisles and you make your way to the end of one aisle and as you make your way there you can see a man in a blue uniform leaving it and rushing towards the end of the building and if you look around the corner of the aisle that you just passed through you can make out that giovanni is kind of in a sling position rushing forward <laughs> i can't articulate to giovanni can i nope not as a dog he's looking at me like who let the dog in here who let the dogs out? Although he, he, he does love dogs, but that's besides the point. Yeah, Giovanni just has a moment as he's rushing after Chris, and he's like, oh, puppy. <laughs> okay. If I can't identify Mr. Chris there as a target of opportunity or something, like that, I'm just going to try and as quickly as possible just charge to the middle of the store, I guess. Sure. Okay, so you dash off into the middle of the store. Mordecai, you've entered the facility, and just like everybody else, you got separated, and you can't quite make out the forms of Val. You can kind of see Giovanni off in the distance as you get pushed down an aisle, because he's a little bit taller than a lot of people, but you're mostly by yourself at this point, entering the facility, and people are kind of pushing behind you, trying to make their way in. From where I am, can I see where like the cash counter, the checkout counter would be? Yeah, so you can actually make out there are a number of registers at the front of the room as though they were on their way out through the entrance to the building. And it's just absolute chaos. There are people like shoving stuff onto counters and employees look harassed. And like there's a few, there's a young girl that's crying and she's a cashier and it's awful for her. And that's what you can see. Hashtag retail life. Hashtag essential. There's no room or anything that says like employee or staff only. Not that you can see. Just like with Val, there are a lot of people moving around you. You're not like a super tall guy, so it's not like you can see over top of everyone. But also there are aisles that are kind of blocking your vision from the rest of the store. Right. Well, I mean, Val had a pretty good idea, but I think I'm going to try my hand at it. And instead of climbing up on top of the, the shelving in the middle of the aisle, I'm just going to misty step up there and teleport up on top. Really nice. Okay, so Mordecai takes a step forward into the store, and all of a sudden he disappears. Much to the shock of perhaps the people that were pushing behind you as their bodies just flow into the space where you were a moment before. As you step forward, you step out on top of one of the aisles, looking down at the rest of the store. And there's actually a lot of space up there. There's maybe an additional six or seven feet where the lamps are coming down. And you can see off in the distance, perhaps 100 or 120 feet away, is this large, almost like a tower of constructed toys. And at the very top of it is just a sign that says Turbo Joel. But you also notice, looking around, that there are other people that are climbing up on top of the aisles. And they're noticing that setup as well. And they notice you noticing it. And one of them picks up some Christmas ornaments, a bunch of balls colored red, blue, and green, and they start throwing them at you. And I need you to make a reflex save. It's a madhouse, man. Dexterity check? Yes, please. I have an eight. One of them hits you directly in the balls. <laughs> which is ironic on a lot of levels. <laughs> and you kind of keel over as that happens. What are you going to do? I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to pull myself together real quick and uh, beeline it for that toy. I'm going to try and run across the top of the aisles, get there as fast as I can. Okay. I'd like to do a dash action if I, uh, if I can, because Misty Step is a bonus. You run about 30 feet before the aisle actually stops. So you manage to make it to the end there and people are kind of throwing balls at you and they're kind of missing you a lot. After you got hit in the nads that first time, you're a little bit more aware and you've made your way to the end of the top of the aisle 
and you can see the Turbo Joel setup at the end of the building, but you can't make it from where you are. It's still like a, another 100 or 120 feet. Is there a light fixture? There are light fixtures. So there's a bunch of lamps that are hanging down from the ceiling and they're all in between these aisles. Each aisle is separated by about 10 feet of distance. And then in between each of those is a lamp. Okay. I'm not very athletic, but I, I do have a couple of points of uh, acrobatics. Could I try and like Tarzan my way over on the lights using the rest of my movement? Uh, yes. Okay. That would be a five. <laughs> Okay, so Mordecai throws himself at a lamp that's hanging in between two of the aisles, the one he's standing on and the one he wants to go to, and he lunges at it and then immediately slips off and falls onto the ground. And he falls right in front of Giovanni as he's making his way down the aisle, chasing after Chris. Uh, uh, Gio, we must stop that man. No, no, dude, the, the, the toy is right there. My strict code of honor and law and order compels me to get the ball in order to get the toy because those are the rules that were laid out for the contest lottery to get the toy. We've spent some time together, Giovanni and I. I kind of know how he thinks, so I'm going I'm to try this. Gio, if you look over there, there's other people that are trying to steal it. Greater good would demand that it stays in the proper hands. I also just want to hedge our bets here and uh, to beat the living snot out of this guy with the gold ball because he pushed me over a kid. Okay, okay, whatever. You get him, I'll go for the toy. Sounds good. Okay, split. Okay, so you make your way into the crowd that's jostling all towards this large, almost pyramid of toys at the end of the store, and you start to lose track of each other again as the two of you split up. So what are your goals now that you're split up again? Let's start with you, Giovanni, as we're kind of like starting the round, quote unquote, over again. Pretty basic. I just want to beat the the living piss out of this guy. <laughs> okay, so Chris has made his way into the crowd, and you've kind of lost him in the crowd. I'm going to need you to make a investigation check. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. I rolled, a, I rolled a nat 20, but I have a minus one to investigate. That's fantastic. So if it's a nat 20, I'm not going to consider the negative that you have to that. So you got a nat 20. You're able to perfectly point out exactly where Chris is in this crowd. And you start chasing after him. And he's in this weird kind of situation where he's with the crowd getting pushed forward, but he's also sort of being pushed over their heads, almost crowd surfing <laughs> from here and there. And that's perhaps why you were able to pick him out because he was a little bit above everybody else. So he's about 40 feet ahead of you. What do you do? Uh, it's 30 feet uh, a, a turn, right, for combat? Yeah. I'm going to aim at him with the sling again, try to knock him down, and then come after him. All right, so roll a ranged attack. Does an 11 hit? Unfortunately, an 11 does not hit. In fact, the stone or whatever it is that you had in your sling goes wide and it hits the person that's actually kind of holding Chris up at this moment and it hits them right in the head and they just drop to the ground. Ooh. And with that, Chris actually falls back into the crowd and is now kind of pushing his way forward. Giovanni's just going to say a quick little prayer to the object because he feels really bad about hurting that innocent bystander <laughs> and doing bludgeoning damage to his dome. <laughs> totally unconscious. Gonna have short-term memory loss for the next yeah. week. The body just kind of gets sucked beneath the mob. You have no idea what happened to it. Oof, not feeling too good about that one, but hey, now I know where Chris is, so that's good. Another trample victim at the, the feral... Okay, so uh, uh, so Giovanni, you continue to kind of chase after them, even after you have missed with the sling. Val, what are you doing? 
Okay. Uh, so I, I managed to cut ahead of the, the crowd in the aisle that I was in, yeah? Yeah. You kind of rushed in just around the same spot that Chris was. Think about yourself in that space time. Okay. Have I noticed this tall tower of toys then yet? Or no, no, again, you're quite below the rest of the crowd. So you can only determine that they're moving in almost a uniform direction, but you don't know what they're moving towards. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to keep dashing, I guess, and just try and keep ahead of this crowd. Okay, so you rush through the crowd and you move maybe about 60 feet. So you actually get pretty far into the crowd. It is getting very thick now, though. And there are a lot of legs that are moving around and pushing because there's very little wiggle room between people. So I'm going to need you to make another dexterity saving throw. I was hoping that we weren't so far behind, but... Well, you guys were standing outside for quite a bit as people were entering the room already. So you are still kind of caught up in the midst of this mob. Right, right. I'll get him. Like Balto, man. Rise above. (laughs) (laughs) 17. All right, so you did really well. Uh, you managed to still kind of move nimbly through the legs, even though there are quite a few people that are kind of pushing together. And you continue to follow the crowd as it's pushing towards the center in the middle of this building. And as you do, you very briefly for a second break free from the crowd as you notice people kind of lunging at this large pyramid of toys that are stacked one on top of each other and they're kind of circling towards the top of the ceiling and you can see people just kind of throwing themselves at all of these boxes what do you do i was gonna ask if i could try and scale the pyramid and just snatch the top toy irrespective of what it was okay roll a acrobatics check Ooh, <laughs> so I'll be a, a five. <laughs> okay, so Balto Val pushes his way to the front of the crowd and sees this large pyramid of boxes kind of stacked one on top of each other. And you just kind of dive headfirst into the boxes, pushing everything out of the way, and it starts to crumble around. There's weirdly a lot of integrity to this structure, so it doesn't collapse, but you have, instead of scaling it, just kind of plunged headfirst into it. This is bedlam. Mordecai, what are you doing? I want to use as much movement as I can to get close to that pyramid. Sorry, you said it was like 90 feet away or something, right? Yeah, I'd say you're about 90 feet away now. I'll use my full turn just to get as close as I can. Okay, can I get you to make a strength check? Oh yeah, pushing and a shoving. 18. Okay, Uh, surprisingly really well from Mordecai. He's able to bash off some of the uh, local citizens as they are pushing their way towards this pyramid of toys. And you get within maybe 30 feet of it. And all of a sudden you notice what appears to be a dog just jump straight into it. You can see that it is absolute chaos at the front where you are. (laughs) Who let the dog in here? We're all constables, right? Do we have any sort of badge or iconography that would make the public know that we are? Ooh. Yeah, I, I'll say that you have badges. It says constable in training underneath it. <laughs> okay, so Mordecai is going to like, I'm gonna take that off of my coat and I'm going to use my thumb to just try and cover up the in training part. Good call. Everybody down, constable business. <laughs> Roll a sleight of hand check. Let's do this. Amazing. Nine. All right. <laughs> oh no worth it so you manage to cover up the in and the t and you just have aiming on your badge and you're just yelling at people so what are you saying to people with your badge partially covered uh everybody down there's a an active spellcaster in the building <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> all right roll an intimidation yes. check oh spellcaster <laughs> six <laughs> Two people just on either side of you just dropped to the ground. 
they look at you and they're like, oh my god! And they drop to the ground, and as they do, other people push over top of them and push towards the pyramid. Damn. All right, let's circle back. Giovanni, you have sighted Chris off in the distance, but you missed him with your shot. You are moving closer to him, though. Am I in 30 feet of combat range? Make a strength check. Oh, with pleasure. That is a 21. Okay, so yes, you are definitely within 30 feet of him. You have managed to kind of push your way through the crowd, shoving people to the side. At one point, you actually see Mordecai off to your left, and you may have pushed a few people into him, but you continue to make your way through the mob, and you can see that Chris is now about 30 feet from you, but he seems to be almost heading to the very back of the building, like he's past the pyramid. And you're not sure if that's by intention, if he's actually trying to get away from the pyramid, or if he has been pushed back by the crowd. Well, with 30 feet, I can still attack him. But uh, would he hear me if I spoke to him? Yeah, so you can try yelling at Chris, but you wager that in the chaos that is going around that Chris probably will not hear you even from 30 feet away, maybe especially from 30 feet away. All right, I'd like to close the distance and attack him with my longsword. Jesus. Okay, uh, <laughs> remember your longsword is actually a candy cane at this point. Roll another strength check. Again, you're trying to push your way through the crowd here. So I want you to roll another strength check to see if you can kind of make your way a little bit closer. Oh, God, that is a critical fail. That is a one plus three. Plus nothing. It's a critical fail. So you actually get swept down underneath crowd. No. And you are now underneath people as they're pushing over top of you. You have completely lost your line of sight on Chris. God, object. God damn it. All right, Val, it's your turn. I'd like to turn back into Val. But my Balto form for a moment. Okay. Just feel I need my hands. I'm going to start rummaging here. I, I'm kind of all buried in the boxes, and then they'll just kind of pop up. Like, whoa. Can I do like a perception check to try and find the triple jewel doll in this kind of dilapidated now pyramid and all these people? Uh, yes, you can. Go ahead and do that. This is an investigation check, though. This is chaos. Yeah, that's this whole scene. That's what I was going for. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just madness. I rolled an eight. So you have kind of popped up in amongst all of these boxes and you look around, you can't find any box that says Turbo Joel on it, though. Uh, maybe at the top of the pyramid, you suspect there could be something, but you can't actually explicitly see anything that says Turbo Joel on it. Just offhand, is there a Valerina doll around? <laughs> uh, you do actually see a Valerina doll and you notice perhaps it's your vanity that picks up on this, but a number of people are actually trying to grab the Valerina doll. Oh, is there only one? No, there's tons of ballerina dolls around you. Nice. I, mean, I want to just try to stuff one in my coat. All right, make a sleight of hand check. And that's an 11. Awesome. So you tuck a ballerina doll away in, I don't know, a little satchel that you have on your body. <laughs> All right, Mordecai, uh, what are you doing? Okay, so that tower's collapsed and the turbo Joel at the top is inside the rubble somewhere, right? The pyramid hasn't exactly collapsed, but there is absolute chaos. And the engineer in you says that it is only a matter of time before this pyramid just absolutely goes crazy and falls down. Okay, so the last place I saw the doll was at the top though, right? You didn't see the doll. You saw a sign that said turbo Joel. Okay. I kind of want to just shoot my mage hand up to the very, very top and see if whatever's up there is the Turbo Joel. Okay. Got a 30-foot range, so 
Awesome. So you cast Mage Hand. You reach out with your own hand and like a double, your Mage Hand extends forth and flies over top of the crowd. And you can hear the grumbles of a couple people that are getting a little irritated at this person who is clearly cheating the process of trying to rush (laughs) their way to the front of this mob. But your hand manages to get to the very top. It can't see anything. It's just a hand. But you could try to make a grab for whatever's at the top of that pyramid. I'm just going to grab whatever box is up there. All right, so you grab the box at the top of the pyramid and you pull it back towards yourself. What is it? <laughs> so you have the box in your hand and you're looking at the back of the box and there's a bunch of information about like, oh, the Turbo Jewel family and like all this product information and you flip it around and you actually see that it's Mordegai and it's a doll that looks eerily like you, but it's wearing blue robes and it has a blue mask on and really, really big forearms with excessive tattoos all over it. Ow. Uh. You can also notice inside the box what looks like plastic clear fireballs and it says on the box, now shoots fireball. I'm just going to sneakily put one of these inside my coat. Just like Val, <laughs> roll a sleight of hand. Okay. Souvenir hunting, man. Souvenir hunting. I don't know. It just There's something about it that calls to me. That's an 11. Awesome. So you tuck the doll away inside your robes. <laughs> and yeah, I'll just go back to like looking around for this doll. So time passes. You are caught up in this mob for what feels like hours, but eventually the energy of the mob starts to disperse a bit. You can see that many of the boxes on the ground have been discarded. Some of them have just been pried open and whatever was inside has been removed. You can see that people have kind of calmed down a bit and maybe an hour has gone by now when people have left the building and some of them are moving their way towards the cash register. You're looking around and there are a couple of people that are kind of on the ground in a lot of pain. One seems to be holding their head and it's just the three of you standing and looking at each other weirdly like, ah, what happened? What happened? What happened? Thank you, everyone, for listening to our podcast. I hope that you are really enjoying our holiday special. A quick thanks to our patrons, Paula, Ethan, Kate, and Al. Thank you so much, guys, for supporting us. And a reminder that part two will be coming out on Christmas Day, Friday. So I hope that you guys stay tuned for that. I'm just going to let the rest of this song play out because John put a lot of work into it, and it sounds really awesome. I hope you guys like it. We'll see you guys next time. Time. Time.